Hello, and welcome to Wide Open Spaces with Elise, a podcast. This is episode number 90 in the journey, season three, getting out of your head. Thank you so much for joining me today. You can find me at wideopenspaceswithelise.com. Elise is spelled I-L-I-S-E. Pop in your earbuds and let's go. Well, I have to say I'm really excited. This is episode number 90. Who would have thought when I started at the beginning of COVID-19, when we were all on lockdown, that I would complete 90 episodes of this podcast. So it's quite exciting for me. And for those of you, especially Massachusetts, I have 35 downloads just from Massachusetts. So whoever you are, thank you for being a loyal listener. And to everybody else who's tuning in, thank you. For spending some time with me and now life moves on from COVID we live with it like we do the flu and so we must move on with this podcast and today the title is getting out of your head think about it for a minute getting out of your head what do you think that means well it can mean a lot of things for a lot of different people It could just be a thought that just keeps playing over in your mind. You know how like when you listen to a song on the radio or somebody's humming a tune or you're shopping in a store and they have very unobtrusively playing music and you hear a song you know. And that song sticks with you for the rest of the day, maybe even for a few days. It's like it's playing rewind in your mind. Well, that's kind of what getting out of your head means, but not with a happy song that you like, that you keep replaying, but with obsessive thoughts or ideas or circumstances or situations that you keep thinking about over and over and over again until the point where it almost disrupts your daily lifestyle, how you're functioning, depending on how obsessive and obtrusive these thoughts can be. Now, everyone experiences this at different levels, different levels in general, at different times of their lives, during trauma, during hard times, during stressors, during anxiety, even during planning happy things like planning a wedding. You can become very preoccupied with all of those things and that you have to get done and completed before the big day. And unfortunately, these obtrusive, obsessive thoughts can also create unrest with inside of ourselves, feeling anxious, feeling not settled. And so I want you just to think for a moment, pull out of your magic hat a time where you know you had this thought or event or plan or situation or trauma that overloads your brain, that takes up a lot of space in there. It pushes away all the other things that you need to do on a daily basis. Think of that particular thing. And while we're talking, I want you to keep that particular idea, event that is obsessive or was obsessive at one time in your mind, in the space in your brain, as we talk about getting out of your head. Now, when you're in your your head a lot, you kind of become clumsy in life. I mean, literally clumsy. You may trip over things. You may spill a drink. 
You may drop things easily because you're not fully focusing on the task that's at hand. Your brain is constantly thinking about one thing, kind of like daydreaming, staring into space, but trying to function while you're doing those things. Most of the time, you know, you're doing it even when you're at work or doing your daily life skills. Sometimes when you're driving, which can be extremely dangerous. So it can be very disruptive in your daily lifestyle. It can interrupt relationships because you are so focused on something and maybe you start to talk about it and repeat it too much that it's infiltrating too much of your daily life. And we don't want that. We also don't want you to ignore it because it's obviously something that's weighing heavily on your heart and your mind and you do need to process it. But we want to get to a healthy point where it's not filling all that brain matter with obsessive, obtrusive thoughts that doesn't let us focus and perform in the way that we should or usually are doing. There are people who constantly, not just from situations, but are in their head. And you may notice those people sometimes. They're in a group and they're having a conversation, but you can tell they're not following along because they're asking questions or asking you to repeat things that you said because they're somewhere else. They're really not listening to you. They're listening to what's going on inside themselves. And we all do that, but when it affects socialization, it becomes a problem. At work, if you're not focusing on what your job is, minds wander. That's normal. I'm not talking about the wandering mind where for five minutes you might kind of be thinking about what you're going to do after work. I'm talking about the thing that keeps replaying over and over and over. And when you're in your head too much, people start to notice in your family, in your friends, in your work environment, in your school environment, in social situations. And so if it comes to the point where it's interfering, how can you work through this? Why does it even happen? Well, we like to almost role play in our brains, especially when we need to speak to someone about something or an event that we need to talk about. We role play it and that's great. It's kind of preparing you for it. But when you keep role-playing it and it starts to take up bulks of time, it's interfering. And so nobody can really help you with this but yourself. You can be given coping techniques and ideas on how to get out of your head. But ultimately, the power is with you. And how much do you want these thoughts to interfere with your life. Now, I'm not talking about hearing voices and the psychiatric aspect of it. I'm talking about you. For example, you need to have a discussion with a friend. The two of you haven't been getting along. You're not understanding each other. And it's really been building up. And you've made a date to get together. But when you put your head down on the pillow, the few nights before, 
you keep thinking about the conversation and what you want to say and how you want your body language to be. And you, you practice in your mind, well, what if this other person says this and how I react? And before you know it, three hours have gone by and you're still up in bed. And now you've lost three hours of sleep because of this obsessive thought process. I know you all know what I'm talking about. Those nights where you just keep thinking about something over and over. And you want to know who our worst enemy is. And honestly, I'm not going to be a hypocrite here. I do the same thing. And I can say it's our worst enemy because I've seen how it affects me. It's our friggin' smartphones. You're scrolling through social media and maybe you see something that upsets you. Maybe there was a gathering of friends that you weren't invited to. And maybe there's a very good reason why you weren't invited to it. But seeing that video at about 11 o'clock at night bothers you. And now you can't sleep because you keep thinking about why wasn't I invited? Well, maybe it was because of this and maybe it was because of that. And then you start feeling angry and then you're getting angry at that person. And that's keeping you up even more and you keep going over it and over it. So you realize you've lost so much time of sleep. This is just an example that I'm kind of pulling out from anywhere of things that I know that people that I have um, been friends with and family members who have experienced when they have obsessive thought processes. When you're going through a divorce, it can be so trying. And trying to think about how you're going to interact with your future ex-spouse. And replaying it over in your head. But now your ex-spouse is taking up too much room in your head. Because you're obsessively thinking about it. I could go on and on with different examples. When kids are being bullied at school. This is all they can focus on. Because let's face it, their brains aren't as evolved as an adult. They usually don't really fully finish until they're in their mid-20s of growth in the brain. And so they're not fully developed yet. And so for them, for kids, it takes up even more brain matter. It just becomes all-consuming for them. And you can see it in young people, how they literally can't function. Their grades will go down. They don't want to go to school. They start to cry a lot because... They can't get this obsessive thing out of their head that they're being bullied or somebody's talking about them or they like somebody who doesn't like them. It just, for kids, it becomes so much. And as we get older, we hope that we change that habit. And we do to a certain extent because we literally have responsibilities that we need to take care of to survive, to keep a roof over our head. But that doesn't mean that the obsessive thoughts can't interfere. And so a lot of us move on through life with this burden of being in our head a lot. Now, if you're in your head kind of observing your environment and really taking in your environment, that's not getting in your head. That's really being in touch with what's going on around you. And it actually is a great therapeutic skill, especially if you're experiencing some anxiety and stress to stop the thought process of what's making you anxious and focus on your environment. Focus on the sky. Don't just look at the sky. 
Look at the clouds. Look at the shapes of the clouds. Look how fast or slow the clouds are moving across the sky. And then a flock of birds flies across that big, pillowy, fluffy cloud. That's a way to stop a thought process. And it's very easy for someone who has fleeting thoughts and kind of gets caught up in them in a little bit, but is able to redirect themselves. That's the key, is redirecting yourself. You know, you hear kids in school when a teacher says, oh, well, your, your child gets easily distracted by this other student. So I've moved them to another seat, and when I see them start, I redirect them to another direction to focus on something else. And that's what we need to do as adults, is to redirect that playing of those same thoughts or those same experiences that really interfere with our functioning. Now, in my blog, I talked about a couple, and I'll go over them here because... Most of the time, if you're listening here, you haven't read my blog. So some really easy ones that are basic, really in the therapeutic field, are visualization, which is what is a little different than what I just said with connecting to your environment. Visualization and what I like to do because I do travel a lot and have traveled a lot I like to in that moment and how I'm feeling when I know I just keep focusing on something and I just can't let it go. Like my daughter's applying to colleges and it's really been all consuming in my brain and I talk about it too much and I'm just anxious for her. So sometimes I'll say, God, I feel like Croatia right now. I've been to Croatia. And the thing that stands out to me in Croatia the most was the balconies and all the bougainvillea flowing off the balconies in every building, even though it might have been a bland cream color or a gray or a white, popped with color because of these bougainvilleas of all different colors, purple, white, yellow, pink, vibrant, flowing over these balconies. And as a matter of fact, I, have, I took a lot of pictures of those. And so right now, if I were to be thinking obsessively and not doing this podcast about all the things my daughter has to do to complete all her applications, I would acknowledge that I'm in my head. I have to be attuned to myself. And the way I acknowledge it is, well, I'm sitting doing nothing and I'm not functioning. We're not doing the things I should be doing. And so I would pull out the thoughts and close my eyes or keep my eyes open and remember Croatia. And remember those balconies and visualize those balconies, the tiny, tiny details of the way the streets were as I walked down them. They seemed very narrow and tight. And then all of a sudden you'd open into this big wide area and all the balconies, all these different apartments and flats with all these bougainvillea flowing. Visualization. It can be anything for you. If you're a horseback rider, imagine a great run that you had or a competition that you had. Replay it in your mind to get yourself out of those cobwebs of that that thing that you just keep obsessing. Clear it out. Make it clear in your brain so that you can focus and move on with your day. Another great one that 
um, therapists use all times with their different clients is the stop sign. I use the stop sign when I'm really starting to feel angry or frustrated, like that I might blow a little bit or sound snippy or snap at somebody. And so what the stop sign is, is when you start to feel this obsessive thought of you're getting so angry and you're thinking about, you know, why your friend didn't ask you over their house for a really long time and you're getting angry about it. You think of this stop sign. Picture the stop sign in your mind's eye right now. First, you have the shape. Very unique shape. Then you have the deep color of red. Imagine the red. And as you're creating the vision of this stop sign in your mind's eye, all of a sudden you now place the word stop on the sign. And you read the word and you repeat it to yourself. Stop. Stop. This interrupts that thought process. Sometimes if you're out in public and you feel that you're not focusing and you have this, these thoughts going on, just quickly envision that stop sign. It sends a message to your brain. It interrupts the thought so that you can move forward. And in a few minutes, it may happen again. And as you build this skill of utilizing the stop sign to stop those thoughts that keep replaying in your brain, it becomes a habit. It becomes a coping skill. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've talked before that I like to use the word karma. I kind of use that when I'm feeling frustrated with my interpersonal skills and the socialization and my interaction with others and getting angry. I just envision the word karma. Karma means a lot of things for me. It means when you give good out, you get good back. When you give bad out, you get bad back. And so I like to use it for it to kind of pull my thought process back to reality and focus on, okay, I'm upset about this and how am I going to handle it? And that word karma kind of sets me in motion of, okay, let's stop repeating this. Let's figure out a solution and let's move on. And so I utilize that word, karma. You could pick any word for you. Maybe it's a family member who's passed away or your parent. I know a lot of times when I'm feeling a little unraveled or unsure of myself, I think of my dad. And it kind of gets me out of feeling unsure of myself and I start to feel more put together because I kind of think about what he would say to me in that situation. And so I take control of my thought process by utilizing this coping skill technique. Now for some, if we're, it's more in depth and it's really where you're in your head a lot, you're really gonna have to start to figure out what works for you. Sometimes it's just doing a mindless activity. There's this great app, and I honestly, I don't even know what the name of it is. My older daughter uses it a lot. And it's an app where it has like paint by numbers, 
and you pick colors and with your finger you fill it in and it really is a repetitive type of thing and when I watch her I'm like it almost looks like anxiety but it's really not she's coloring in she's filling in completing defocusing from what's going on in her brain and the use of colors the use of colors can affect our mood tremendously. So in this little app of kind of paint by numbers with your finger, so much is going on that it is getting you to focus, get out of those cobwebs, get out of that repeat, and focus on this simple little app of coloring, which affects our mood, completing a task, which is getting you out of your head because when you're in your head, it's hard to complete tasks. This little app, this simple app that just looks like a little fun thing that my daughter's doing while she's watching TV with us or in the car is really a way of focusing and getting out of your head, bringing yourself to the present. There are many things that you can do physically, gardening. Gardening is a great one. Again, with the colors of the flowers, but now you've got the smell of the flowers. You're taking care of the flowers. You're nurturing the flowers. You're designing your flower bed. You're picking different flowers for different times of the year, the different seasons. Well, Florida, we can have flowers all year long because we don't have snow and that much of cold. But for those of you in the winter months, I understand that there are no flowers around. But it's getting yourself involved. It's having that tool chest that I talk about, of being able to pull out different things for different circumstances to help you along, to get out of your head. Now, I hope you've kept that time that I talked about, about when you know you were really in your head as we've been moving along with this podcast. Sometimes it becomes so much and so all-consuming that you need to go to support groups. Groups of things where people are doing things that are in common. Maybe it's a painting class. Maybe it's a ceramic class. Something that you're with people and you're learning something new so you have to focus because you want to be accomplished in this task. So it's forcing you to focus. And when you find yourself falling out of focus, well, then you're not really completing the project properly, or you're moving slowly, or you're getting distracted, or your project isn't going the way you want it to because you're not focusing. And so these are the clues and the signs that you have to look at in yourself to stop that point of just being in your head too much. Have you ever had someone take a picture of you and you look at it and it's kind of like you're staring into space or looking off into the distance? That to me is a picture of you getting in your head where you're there in that moment, but your head is somewhere else. And people capture that on film. You can literally see when someone is getting in their head. I've been in groups where Someone has been very quiet and then all of a sudden they start talking, but they keep repeating the same thing. And it gives me the cue that this is why they were so quiet because they were in their head about this and now it's coming out. 
Have you thought of some ways that you think would work for you to get out of your head? Sometimes it can be extreme. Sometimes you need to do a little something extreme. One coping skill that might seem a little radical, it's used for anxiety also, is to go either put a bowl of water with some ice cubes in it or make your faucet really cold and splash your face with it or even place your face in that bowl for a minute with the water and the ice cubes. It gives a shock to the system, but it literally shocks you out of that thought process. It helps you reduce that anxiety, that shock of the neurons and your nerves and the feeling of the pain of the cold and the sensation on your skin kind of redirects your brain. It's that stop sign. It stops you. It moves you in a different direction. How many times have you been sitting and maybe watching TV? And you're watching, but you're not watching because something's going on in your head. You're in your head. And before you know it, three hours have gone by and it's time to go to bed. This is the opposite of going to bed and then thinking about things. This is before bed, even getting into to the point of going to bed. I've been there many times where I've aimlessly, mindlessly watching something, but thinking about other things in my head. And I literally have to say to myself, if I don't stop right now, I'm never going to go to sleep. I need to stop. I need to get out of this chair or wherever I am, change my environment, do my nighttime routine to set that message to my brain that it's time to go to sleep and go to sleep. So sometimes it's just self-talk where you see patterns in yourself. And I see that pattern in myself when I've got a lot going on. I'm able to function great during the day, but when I have that downtime at night, that's when all this stuff starts. And so I'm really not focusing on what I'm watching. As a matter of fact, when they have the previews, when I go to watch the next episode, let's say a few days later, and they show the previews, I don't even remember watching it because I really wasn't watching it. I was in my head. And for me, when I get to that point, I have to literally say to myself, stop, turn the TV off, change your environment, do the bed nighttime routine so that I can go to sleep. Remember, the proper amount of sleep affects how we function in our day. It can affect our, our physical health and our mental health. So are you gonna start to get out of your head? And if you're someone who really is having a hard time with this, reached out to a professional. Therapists have all kinds of techniques, some unique techniques that they may just use themselves. I just gave you some basic ideas here today. And really my goal was just to get you thinking about what do you do when you're getting in your head? How it affects your interpersonal skills, how it affects your work environment, your home environment, your, with your family, relationships. My goal here is to get you to focus and to start to notice when you're getting in your head. Send me your thoughts, experiences. If you'd like, go to my Instagram and tell me when we post this podcast that you can pull right from Instagram. Tell me how you get out of your head 
or what circumstances make you get in your head too much. If you're someone who suffered from tremendous trauma and you feel that it's getting worse, please seek out professional help. We all need help sometimes. Sometimes we can't just do it on our own. We need to put the work in, but sometimes having a professional there who just knows you as the client and the information that you give them can be so profound and so therapeutic and such a helping skill for yourself to get you in the right direction. Sometimes we need skills and we need people to teach us skills. It doesn't mean that we're dysfunctional. It doesn't mean that we're mentally ill. It means that we're coming to a roadblock and we're having difficulties in moving forward or focusing because we're in our head too much. And seeking out help really is one of the healthiest things you can do for yourself. And it is one of your tools that you should have in your toolbox. Have a therapist on hand, maybe someone that you've seen before or you see once in a while. Set an appointment up, do a virtual appointment. I mean, that has been one of the greatest things that's come out of COVID is being able to have a virtual session with your therapist or your psychiatrist. It's such a great thing because it takes a lot to get someone to pick up a phone, make an appointment, drive to that appointment, wait in the waiting room. It's a lot. But to know that you just could be in your home anywhere with privacy and click onto a link and there's your therapist and it's immediate gratifica gratification, satisfaction, because someone's there to help you pretty much right at your fingertips. So if you're at that point, think about maybe seeking out some therapeutic help. But also have your own toolbox. Start building it on ways that you can get out of your head. Now, if you're just daydreaming about someone you love or a vacation you're about to go on or a birthday party you're about to t attend, visualize, be in your head all you want if it's about happy, exciting events. Because those get our endorphins flowing, our serotonin flowing, and our, our endorphins, and it all starts flowing and lifts our mood. So being in your head sometimes when it comes to things like that can be wonderful. But if it becomes all consuming and obsessive, time to take out your coping skills. Time to use your stop sign, your visualization. Look for apps like that coloring or painting app. There's so many even little games of, of spelling and word finds, whatever. It gets you out of that, that reel that keeps playing in your head it defocuses you from it and in that process you're giving your brain a break you're moving forward and you're coping ultimately we want to cope and to get out of your head thank you for joining me at wide open spaces with elise episode number 90 pushing to 100 so excited go out and explore all those wide open spaces in your world and remember Positive thoughts always create positive energy. And until next week, my friends, ciao, aloha, mahalo, and merci.